Welcome to A Pastor's Perspective. Now life is full of heartache, struggle, and pain, but the way we see it, we overcome because He overcame. We are to always pray. And everything that we do, we do it in Jesus' name. Now, a pastor is a shepherd. He's not selfish. He's friendly. He's a helper. A pastor is a teacher. Faithful. Sensible. He's much more than just a preacher. A leader. Well-respected. And this, well, this, my friends, is a pastor's perspective. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to A Pastor's Perspective. I am your host, Pastor Kelvin Steele. Thank you all for joining in on tonight. I am so excited. I do apologize about the delay. I was trying to get my chat going so I could come have some commentary with some of you that are on. I'm working on that and we'll get that up so we can answer questions if we have any on this evening. But on tonight, I am so excited to have with me once again, Pastor Apostle Dana Holmes. I'm going to bring him on in just a moment. I got to tell you, if you've missed the last two uh, pastor's perspectives with him, our Trailblazers episode, they have been phenomenal. Tonight, we're going to be discussing the spirit of deception, and I just sense something special happening on tonight. So as I prepare to bring him in the room, go ahead, tag somebody, share invite, bring them in because you don't want to miss this discussion. So uh, without any further ado, let's go ahead and bring the man of God on in. And there he is. God bless you, Pastor. How are you? Doing great. How are you? You know what? I This is our third time together and I still get nerves. I don't know why, <laughs> <laughs> but I am doing wonderful. And I am, once again, I told you in the green room, I'm honored to have you on with me again tonight on A Pastor's Perspective. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be on with me this evening. You're welcome. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I told um, uh, his media team tonight, we were talking. I said, listen, the last uh, time you were on, I broke down like a little baby. <laughs> I started crying. So tonight I am determined there will be no tears that come out of my eyes tonight. And just in case I do, I'm going to black the screen out, so don't worry. Okay. <laughs> so everyone can't see me. So listen, thank you, everybody, for being on on tonight. I'm going to get the chat up in just a few so we can engage with you. Just bear with us. So, Pastor, I wanted to um, talk tonight about the spirit of deception. Amen. The spirit of deception. And what I want to do, let's see if I can pull this scripture up really quick here. Scripture, I think we, I want to go to tonight, uh, to the church app that I'm using. Excuse me, it's 1 Timothy. Let's get it pulled up. 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter, I believe is where we are. And it talks about being deceived. It talks about being deceived. And mm -hmm. I did, because I knew who I was going to be on with tonight, I did just a little digging. And okay. I looked up the word deceived. And I did some just, uh, just a quick word study. And with the definition, it simply means to cheat, to lead into error, using tactics like seduction, giving a distorted impression of the truth, 
And also in that definition, Pastor, what I discovered tonight, I never knew this before from this particular definition, is that people are brought into error oftentimes by their own lusts. Yes, absolutely. So when you hear that, Pastor, and I know you've done many teachings on this, many teachings on this, and I'm going to let you go for a few moments, and I'm going to work on getting our chat up as well. When you hear that based on some of your teachings, where do we begin as a body of Christ with deception? How do we recognize it? I, um, I think that, first of all, the first thing that believers have to do is recognize, well, let me, before I say that, let me just tell you this. Yes, sir. The, the number one problem is a lack of knowledge of the word of God. Wow. A lack of knowledge. I heard a preacher years ago, I was watching this preacher, I forgot who he was, but he kept, he used to say, pray, pray always. Lord, don't let me be deceived. And that sounded good to me. So I started praying that, Lord, don't let me be deceived. And I did that for a good while. And one day, I was at church, and I was was walking out of the sanctuary, and I went into this other room, and I I said, Lord, don't let me be deceived. And immediately, the Holy Ghost said to me, You don't have to be deceived. Just go by the word. And I noticed that a lot of a lot of people. Now we know favorite scriptures. You know, there's my favorite scripture in this one. They quote, you know, 23rd Psalm or a couple other things that they like to read or like to say, but that don't mean you know the word. When I say know the word, I mean really get to know God through understanding his word. You learn about God from the word of God. Yes, you sir. learn the character of God. You, you learn the will of God. Now, God's word and his will are one. He's never going to say anything or lead you to do anything that's inconsistent with his word or with his own character. All right. Some things people do, it's outside of God's character. And I mean, tongue-talking, spirit-filled believers who claim to be led by the Spirit of God. Yes, sir. God told me this, and God (laughs) told me that. And I got some things I'll share with you in a, in a minute if you want, when you're ready about this. Because I asked the Lord back in August of 2018, I asked the Lord how well meaning, God loving believers could be so deceived about God speaking to them. Yes, sir. This is a major area. This is a late, a major deception. Uh, another part of another meaning of deceive is to believe something to be true that is not. Mm. And there are many things that people believe to be true that's not. I mean, people are well-meaning. They love God. They're saved, spirit-filled. They love the Lord. 
And yet they are deceived to think that God is telling them something and leading them to do something that's totally inconsistent with his word. Yes, now, sir. why don't they know it's inconsistent with his word? Because they don't know the word. Mm. The real problem is not knowing the word. I've heard people say, the Lord told me X, Y, and Z, and they tell me something. And I say, um, well, that's not possible. Because that's contrary to the scripture. What you said is completely contrary to the Bible. And so if it's contrary to the word of God, it's not God. God, it's impossible for God to lead you one way and his word says something else. It's just not possible. Our problem is we, when I say, I mean people are unwilling to test what they hear and what they receive. And when you're unwilling to test it, then I call it being willfully deceived because you're unwilling to test your dream, your vision, your, the voice you heard, and all of those kinds of things. And so those things are, that's, that's the, the key. You know, um, the Bible said, another, Paul said in Timothy, that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, I mean deceiving spirits, and doctrines of demons. Doctrines, teachings, that, that are inspired by demons. Well, whether they come, th they come through people, even ministers. Yes, sir. That they're being inspired by the enemy. And one of the biggest issues, one of the biggest things, and I've said this in my church many times, your sincerity is not a safeguard against deception. Woo. Some people think if I'm sincere, God knows my heart, I'm sincere, he won't let me be, he won't let me be deceived. No, no, it's, that's not the way it is. Paul, when he was called Saul, was sincere about locking those Christians up and all of that and all he was doing. He was sincere when he was holding the clothing of the people who were stoning Stephen to death. He was yes, sincere, sir. but he was dead wrong. He was still deceived. He thought that what he was doing was good and was of God. But it wasn't. And not only was he dead wrong, others became dead because he was wrong. And so sometimes people uh, don't, because we don't know the word, that is the real issue. We going by, we had a, a something happen. I've had people, you probably had people come to you and tell you, I had a dream. I know it's from the Lord because it seems so real. Well, that's not that's not an indication that it's from the Lord. A lot of times when people have dreams, if you ask them, "Well, tell me the dream," yes, sir, yes, sir, then 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 they 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 start he and ha and you know they can't they can't get it straight and 
then you people don't like to be confronted. Tell me the dream and tell me why you think that dream is a direction from God to you to do X, Y, Z. Do you understand the symbols in the dream? Most, a lot of people don't even understand any of the symbols. And because they don't understand symbols, dream symbols, and I'm not talking about getting it from the secular, things That's right. learn from the word because they don't understand the symbols. They don't know what it means. I don't know what that means. Well, I, but I still, I still think God told me, and how about this one? You probably heard this. How long have you been pastor? How long uh, have you been pastor? Eight, eight years. Eight years, yes, sir. Okay. So um, you will find this. There are people, let me tell you the, the most, it's almost impossible. And you're going to run into this if you haven't yet. Yes, sir. Where people try to tell you, God told me this, or God told me that, and you try to correct them. And they will never receive that correction. Here's what they will say. No matter what you tell them, or they will say, well, all I know is what the Lord told me. All I know is what God told me. Well, he couldn't have told you. Yeah, I know I mean, I hear what you're saying, but but I, oh, I mean, I know, I'm sorry, but I know it was God. I know, I, mean, I know it was God. And they will argue and everything else. And one reason why they, and these kind of people, they are ready to see and they, and they stay deceived. And one reason such a person is deceived is because they don't have respect for you as their pastor. And while I'm on the road, can I say something? Yes, let me, sir. Let yes, me sir. tell you something, give you an idea. Give me, give me an example. Now, listen what the Bible says. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves. So it tells people to obey them that have rule over you. Yes, sir. First of all, in, for the, in order for the Bible to say obey them that have the rule over you, God must recognize somebody having rule over you. Yeah. Remember what Paul wrote to those elders in Ephesians. Take heed to yourselves and to the flock over the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers. Now, I know there are people that do things on their own, but any God-ordained pastor, God-anointed, God-sent pastor is exactly that, sent by God. Yes, sir. And there's no way for God he said, for instance, he said, um, the scripture says, and I will give you pastors according to my heart, which will feed you with knowledge and understanding. There's no way for God to give you a pastor without giving the pastor you. It's a two-way street. If he gave you the pastor, then he gave you the pastor you. Because he's you are the sheep. 
And the pastor is the shepherd. That's what pastor means. So now God says, obey them that have the rule over you. Now watch this. And submit yourselves. Yes, sir. You submit. Doesn't mean agree. It mm -hmm. means to yield to another's way. When I travel in other, I've traveled in Africa and and um, and um, England and other places at different times ministering. And yes, riding sir. down the street, I would notice signs. In England, the sign don't it's a, it's what we would call a yield sign. But it doesn't say yield, it says give way. But that's exactly what it's talking about, yield. And so when the Lord says submit, he's saying give way. See, agreement is one thing. Submission yes, is something different. If um, I tell you something that we're to do and you're in agreement with it, that's no problem. Right. Where submission comes is where you can't see it. So therefore you don't agree with it like that. You don't know. But because, I mean, I don't see it. I don't understand it like that. But I'm going to submit. I'm submit. I'm going to give way. I'm going to yield to you because you are over me in the law. You are over me. God finds it, and it is actually disrespectful for you to get into an argument or debate with your pastor about what God supposedly told you. That's absolutely disrespectful. Two things I found, and I found I discovered this years ago, it is almost impossible to change people in two areas. And they decide they're going to get married to somebody. It could be Frankenstein. Yes, sir. It doesn't matter. Yes, sir. You may notice that it's Frankenstein, but it's Prince Charming to them. So it's two areas I found, and I've been known this for many years. Yes, sir. It's almost impossible, almost impossible to change people. When they when they're ready to marry somebody, yes, sir. And when they say God told them something, <sighs> almost impossible to change them. And that's I mean that's what I said they mean they mean well, but they don't know the word. Now let me go back to my let me go show you something here. Yes, sir. Then, then I'll let, I'll be quiet for a second. You five pass. I, I try. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, uh, but um, I'm gonna just uh, make a scenario. Make up a scenario. Now, notice what the scripture says: Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves. Now, why? For or because they watch for your souls. That's right. As they that must give account. So pastors are gonna have to give an account before the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Now it says that they may do it. I mean, we got to give an account for everyone God placed under us, and we're watching for their souls. We're watching for their spiritual well-being. Yes, sir. It is, it is our responsibility. 
That's why if you're missing it and you're going off, I'm supposed to have the wisdom of God and the insight to know. And I can tell you that that's that's it. No, no, don't go that way. And I thank God. If you know, if I think I can't think of anything my pastor would have told me to do or not to do, and I would have argued with him. Mm. If I said to my pastor, the Lord told me do so and so, and if he said to me, son, you're missing God, that wasn't the Lord. I might fall on my knees and say, I'm so sorry, forgive me for, for being so presumptuous. Would you please, please pray for me that I will know when God's telling me something? So here's what people use. Well, I'd rather obey God than man. If you don't obey man, you're not obeying God because he told you to obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourself. He didn't say agree with them. He said submit. That's what, Submission comes in when you don't agree. <laughs> Remember when Peter and them were out and had fished all night and Jesus told them to launch out into yes, the and Peter said, Master, we have toiled all the night. These are professional fishermen. They already experienced it. Wait, we've done this all night and have taken nothing. But then he changed and said, nevertheless, at thy word, I will. It's the same thing. This is what I think and this is what I've been feeling. But because you said, and you're the one watching over me that God has placed over me. Now, I know, see, when God plants you, that's one thing. If yes, you sir. just go join a church, just because you want to join a church, that's a whole different thing. But when God leads you into a place, God plants you, you're supposed to submit. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. That's Hebrews 13, 17. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they, they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. You think, think you're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ and you're going to profit with your disobedience and lack of submission. And I have to stand before God pertaining to you. You ain't going to profit either. So the report that I have to give concerning you is not a good report. Oof. I don't have, I can't give a good report because, you know, let me tell you something. Years ago, the Lord spoke this to me. This, this might sound interesting. But one time the Lord said to me, he said, you're not the pastor of everybody who joined the church. You're the pastor of those that allowed you to pastor them. They may have joined the church, but they may not let you pastor them. Preach. And they always have their own, you know, when, listen, if you got a vision, you're the visionary of the house. You are. There ain't no two visionaries of the house. You're the visionary of the house. So if you got a vision, then everything in that house lines up with that vision that God gave you. That's right. Now if you got a vision, and I'm a minister in your church, 
and I start getting a different vision. And sometimes I have for the same church, the Lord showing me that we ought to be doing this. Well, the Lord, is the Lord afraid of me? No, good. He know where I live, don't he? So why he gonna tell you? And I'm the head and he don't say anything to me. Nothing. Another thing, how in the world God gonna speak to you and lead you to go do this and that? And I'm supposed to watch for your soul and got to give an account. And he tells me nothing. How can I, how can I have people who God has committed to me and I have no knowledge of them whatsoever? None. That, of, of which way they're going, which way, which way they're supposed to go. And that, that's, that, and that, that's where pride comes in. So now let me go back to it. So I'm going to use you. I'm, yes, I'm, a, I'm in your church. You're my pastor. Maybe I'm a minister. Yes, sir. Now, very often, God will show you what he has planned for other for people. Yes. As a leader, you know that. Yes, sir. And that doesn't mean that just because you know what it is, they're supposed to do it right now. Right. God also has a timing. Now, I, I tell people all the time, you know, they said the Lord called me in June of 1980. No, he didn't. That's not when he called you. That's when you became aware of the call. Woo! For the foundation of the world. You just became aware of it in June and 19 and so and so. But just because you are called and you even know you called doesn't mean that God is sending you. Just because you can quote some scripture doesn't mean he's sending you. Just because uh, you seem to be anointed. I, I get so tired of people talking, but, but he's anointed, he's anointed, he's anointed, is that right? So was Lucifer. But he still became the devil. So, sure. so what they got to do with it? Anointed does not mean go. You still have to be sent. And so now here I come to you, my pastor, that you watch for my soul. I come to you and I say, Pastor, I believe the Lord is leading me. Let's say I'm, I'm, I'm a minister in the church. Yes, sir. I believe the Lord is leading me to... Um, go out and start a work. First of all, if that was true, if God was leading you, then you would have had knowledge of it even before me. You would have had knowledge before me. Why? Because you're watching my soul. It would be unjust for God to say, you're watching for me and don't give me information. I'm going to don't give you information about me. That would be unjust. So, I come to you and I tell you that. And you say to me, well, brother, it's not quite time. I believe you called. I believe you have a call in your life. The Lord showed me you got a call, but it's not time. Let me give you an example. This really happened to me. Years ago, a brother in the church, a minister, he used to, I, I had a minister often. And sometimes what happens when you do that, people, there was a man years ago named Elder E.C. Cannon. He was a 
he was pastor of the church in Charlotte, North Carolina, Cannon's Cathedral. Yes, sir. I met him in 1977. And he became like a, he was like a mentor to me. And he said to me, he said, son, because I would get put up people to preach and all that. He said, son, be careful about putting people up. Yep. He said, because when you put them up before the people, you give them influence. Yes, sir. And they'll turn around and use that influence against you. But me and my silly self, I'm thinking, oh, no, no, I just want to help people. I want to help their ministries and all that kind of stuff and blah, blah, blah. But I learned later the wisdom in what he said. Because when you put people up, the people that 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 are in your church are looking to the people. They say, well, they believe in them. They have influence now because you put them up there. Yes, sir. Let that person start talking about, well, the Lord showed me so and so and so and so. They start following them. They start drawing disciples after them. Then they'll come to a place. Then they believe me. They be talking. They talk among themselves. You know, y'all know how y'all know that the Lord speaks to me. Y'all know. Sister Susie, you know. Brother Bob, you know, y'all know God talks to me. And I'm telling you, the Lord spoke something to me. You know, let's pray for our pastor. You know, he's human. And, and you know, sometimes he'll he can miss. He can miss sometimes too. And 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 I'm not speaking against it. I'm saying this in love. Oh, that's the trick. I'm saying it in love. Right. I'm saying this in love. Let's pray <laughs> for him because we to make sure God that he's really seeing what God said. Or him what God said. You know, I'm telling you, I know what God spoke to me. But Pastor can't see it. After a while, he started moving on because God spoke to him. And some of his disciples that he got already in there. And what they're going to do, they're going to follow it. Because they know that God speaks to him. Now, where they forgot about pastor. No, well, they, they didn't forget about pastor. They forgot the word. Now, this brother doesn't have any rule over them. God didn't put them or him over them. But yet he's influencing them. And they are letting him influence them. So, so let me go back to what I was saying. I didn't mean to hog the time, but you're fine, Pastor. You're fine. But um, so going back to the thing, I'm using you as my pastor. Yes, sir. I come and you say to me, "Well, brother, I know you're called. I know they're called, but the, the Lord is. I don't have a witness in my spirit that I don't have the release yet. It's not time. Right." <clears throat> But God told me, now this happened to me for real. Had a minister in the church. And uh, he started feeling himself a little bit. So one day he came to me and he told me that the Lord told him it was time for him to go and start a, a, a work. That's interesting, start a work. But anyway, I said, I said, brother, what? I said, nah, I said, I don't, I don't get no witness on that in my spirit. 
I said, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go to God and I'll ask him again. Even though no matter what I say, I'll still go to God and I'm going to go pray. And I'm going to, let's meet back. And you go pray and I'm going to pray. Of course, I prayed. I already knew, but I prayed because I gave my word. And I pray as Lord, if this is any way you, because I want to be right. Mm -hmm. I want to be right. Is this any way you? Is this you? Just as sure as I'm sitting here right now, the Lord said, no, that's not me. So I came back. He came back to me at the appointed time. I said to him, I said, brother, I went to the Lord. I told you I would pray. The Lord told me that he did not speak that to you. Here was his response. Well, the Lord told me I better do it. See, that's a deception. Now, the Lord got either somebody mixed up. Yes, sir. The Lord told me I better do it. And I, and I tell people this. When something, you need to know the difference between the Lord and demons. The spirit leads. Demons drive. The spirit leads. Demons drive. When you're being pushed, and, oh, man, you got to go. You got to, man, what, what? oh, oh, you got to get out of here. Get, oh, God, I know it's God. I know God's telling me I better. I got to go. I got to go. And he did it. I said, all right, well, I told you. I said, well, you do whatever you want to do. That's right. But it ain't the Lord. That's it. I'm going to tell you to your face, it's not God. Well, I'm, not, I'm that kind of pastor, though, so they understand that. Because I, I will tell you, even if your feeling going to be hurt, if you're going to get mad and leave the church, you're going anyway. That's it. It don't matter. I got to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, not before the judgment seat of minister so-and-so or brother so-and-so who think he's something. So he went on and did what he did. After a few years, he came to me because they were closing that ministry down. They was closing it down. And he came and brought, he said, so, you know, it's a non, we're non-profit. So what they have to do something with the funds that they have. He said, so I want to give some of it to, to your church, you know, to, to you, to the church. I said, I appreciate it. You know, I'm, I'm, we're going to receive the offering that you've given. I appreciate right. it. But I told you, it wasn't the Lord. So now if it was God, why are you shutting it down now a few years later? You see, you couldn't tell him anything. Why? He got full of himself. And these people think they hear God and they hear better than you. When these people start rising up in your church and they feel like they're on the same level as you or higher and they know more than you, now they become goats. They're no longer sheep. They become goats. And you can't shepherd a goat. Goats ain't going to be shepherd. Yes, sir. So I wanted to, so, so let me give you this now. Yes, sir. So I come to you 
And I tell you, the Lord told me this. And you said, no. And I said, yes, but he did. I know it's him. Then here's, if it was the other way around, here's what I would say. Think about this. The Lord tells you to obey them, have rule over you, and submit yourselves. But he's going to go around his own word and speak to you and tell you something that despite the fact that he told you to submit to those that have rule over you, what has happened in those cases is those people have decided you don't have rule over them. In their heart, you're not their pastor. You're not their leader. And a lot of times people leave in their heart long before their feet walk out the door. Yes, sir. Long before their feet walk out the door. I heard of a, I heard a testimony, and this is one case that I thought, now this case blessed me because this preacher, he was a, a pastor, he was, you know, he was in the church, it was a, a pretty large church. He was like assistant, one of the assistant ministers. And he left the church and went a little somewhere else in town and started a church. And many of the people followed him. Mm -hmm. They followed him. And uh, he, um, one day he was standing up before the people talking about something. The church had been gone for about three years or so. And he said to the people, I am your pastor. And the man said, the Holy Ghost spoke to him immediately and said, you are not their pastor. And that man got right with God. And he called another pastor that I know and asked him to help me. Come help me. He said, I'll come help you close it down. Because if God, if you, you better know what Jesus said. Every plant that my heavenly father had not planted shall be rooted up. Sooner or later, it's going to be rooted up. They're going to find out it wasn't God. That's why you ought to be humble. You ought to stay humble and stay teachable. No matter what kind of doors are opening for you and everybody singing your praises, stay humble and stay teachable. When I first started, I didn't go anywhere. If somebody asked me to preach, I wouldn't even go until I got the pastor's blessing. Pastor, all right. I wouldn't even go without the pastor's blessing. What do you do with it? Go. I need you to come over here. And uh, no, uh, I said, well, let me get back to you. I'll let you, okay, I'll, I'll get back with you. I go to my pastor, I say, such and so at so-and-so church asked me to come speak. And if I, it was all right, he said, all right, good, go ahead. And he said, let me pray for you. Lay his hands on me and the Lord would use me and all that. That's how I went. I don't care how much I was feeling. I felt like this. Lord, this is my leader. You told me to obey him. Now, I obey him, and I'm some kind of way I'm missing your will. Then you got to take that up with him, because I'm doing what you said. Obey them that have rule over you. I'm doing what you said. I can't get in trouble with God. 
I'm obeying God. I'm obeying his word. So how's God going to go around his own word and lead you to do something? Now, I said this also, and people get upset when I say it. <laughs> I've had some ministers in my church. Every time I say that they get upset, I can tell they're upset. They, they don't say anything to me. But they just sit there with this funny look on their face. And I tell them, show me in the scripture any place that God ever in the New Testament sent anybody out, spoke to an individual and sent them out without the church being involved. Paul was a prophet and a teacher at Antioch. Barnabas was a teacher. While they prayed in the 13th chapter of Acts, these five men were leaders of the church. Paul was one of the leaders. But the Holy Ghost said, as they ministered to the Lord, in fact, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work went to have called them. Notice the Holy Ghost didn't say, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work of, apostles, of the apostleship. He said, the work well unto I have called them. That means they already knew. The church knew what they were called to. God never said the individual. I'm talking about New Testament now. Yes, sir. Every one of those people that went out, even when they went out as evangelists, they went back to the headquarters, the mother church, if you back to Jerusalem. Yes, sir. They didn't just do things on their own. They reported back. And God, there's no place in the scripture where God just woke somebody up and told them, go forth now and start a, a church. Just, just like that? Well, I had a dream. Well, if you, if you look in the scripture, matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to turn to this scripture. Right quick. Yes, sir. It's Jeremiah. I want to look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah 29, I think it is. Right, 29. Yes, sir. Yeah, Jeremiah 29 and verse 8. Listen to this. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. I had a dream. You can cause yourself to dream. Yes, you can. You can cause yourself to dream. I don't mean that it was something from God. And one way you, you can cause yourself to dream is, you, is by talking about something a lot. That gets on the inside of you. And you start dreaming about it. You listen to other people about it. You can have a dream, but does that mean God said something? God still tells you. Well, if you had a dream, you go to the one who God placed you over, I mean, over you, and you say, I had a dream 
And I feel like this is the Lord. Do you have a witness in your own spirit? If that leader says no, it's okay. I don't understand. I'll just pray it out until I get what the Lord's actually saying to me. That's the right attitude. Not, well, I know it's God. I had a dream and I had it twice. And I had a dream a few months ago and then I had another one that confirmed us. I had a second dream that confirmed the first dream. Are you kidding me? What does the Bible say? And we need to follow, follow the word. You know, we are, we, we are led by our hearts very often. And um, you see what we think and what we believe and what we feel emotionally, et cetera. But the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks it in his heart, so is he. Your life follows your heart. But every, every spiritual benefit that we receive from God is obtained by faith, but it's in, in, by faith in our hearts, including salvation, healing, material blessings, or answers to prayer. When God leads us, he leads us by our spirit. Now, sometimes when the Bible speaks of the heart, it's, it's referring to the soul and sometimes it's referring to the spirit. And these two are intertwined, are so intertwined, the soul and spirit are so intertwined until it takes the word to separate them. Now, now, now the spirit is the real you. That's the part that communes with God. The soul is comprised of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And a lot of people are being led by their soul and not by the spirit of God and not by their spirit. Um, then what the problem is exacerbated even more so when people are depending upon outside influences. Let me tell you that's something that is, is really carnal to look for some kind of outside something to direct you, a vision, a dream, a voice, a this, a that. The way God leads us, the primary way that God leads us is by the inward witness of the spirit, not by voice. I've heard people, they've gone along fast, they fasted, listen, I don't mean you're not, you can't be deceived because you fast. Fasting is not a safeguard against deception. You can still be, and don't mean just because you're fasting and praying that whatever voice you hear is God speaking to you. I was talking to one of my spiritual sons, Pastor Wilder from um, Alabama. Yes, sir. Birmingham. He and I was talking about this one time, and he brought this up. He said, you know, when you come to think about it, Jesus fasted 40 days and nights. And when he came out of his fast, the first voice he heard was the devil's. That's it. Yes, sir. <laughs> so you hear you fasting. And well, I know because I was fasting at the time. So what? It's the most vulnerable. That in itself is not a safeguard. So how do I, you gotta learn the word. If the leading, whatever you was leading, was leading you, 
And Brother Hagen, uh, I, I, in one of a book that he wrote years ago, he, he wrote some things. He said he had asked the Lord because he had, had some experiences. And he, he said, Lord, why is it that sometimes I sense that as you leading me and calling out, showing me something about somebody that people respond to it, and other times they don't? He said, sometimes I, I just seem I know it's you, and I'll call it out, and people won't respond. He said, the Lord told him there's two reasons. Number one, people can respond. It's an act of their will. If they decide, I'm like, I'm not responding. I'm not going to. For instance, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, for instance, right. I've been in services and the gifts of spirit operate, word of knowledge, and I stand, you know, here's such and so. This is the case, or that's the case. I went to church one time and I called this woman out. I, I stood up, I was in the aisle. I said, Stand up. The Lord says to, and I start talking to her about what the Lord said. That woman just sat there looking straight. She wouldn't even, she just sat there looking straight. She didn't respond. Then after the service, another woman came, a woman came to me and said, listen, I don't know what was wrong with sister so-and-so. I didn't know the lady. She said, but I know her very well. Everything you were saying is going on in her life right now. Talk, Pastor. That's it. But she, but she chose not to respond to Act of the will. He said, the Lord told him, the second thing is, there is a spirit whose voice is very similar to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's an evil spirit. See, demons will uh, impersonate the Lord. Some people have visions. And, you know, I talk about visions and things I've had of Jesus. I always test it by the scripture. I always test it by the scripture because it doesn't matter that I'm seeing you. Because I mean, I don't have a picture from when he was around to tell me this is what he looked like. Right. How do I know? I don't go by how he looked. I'm going by what he said. And mm -hmm. if what he said lines up with what I'm experiencing. I like that the vision I told you about back in the 80s where, uh, and it happened. It's, um, the way I saw him coming down out of the sky, I had his hand stretched out. Do you remember that? Yes, sir. And um, he stood right here. He just, just came, all came down out of the sky. He was standing right here. His belly area was in my face. He went right back up. He just paused, went back up, carrying this huge rock in his hand. And when he got past the skyline, he said, I've taken your burden. Well, immediately, I had to find out, could this be the Lord? Or just my imagination running away with me. So I went to the Word. First of all, I wanted to know, is it possible for the Lord to appear to people? Mm -hmm. I went to the Old Testament. I saw how God appeared to Solomon in a dream. He did that twice. I saw how he appeared to different people at different times. That's right. Went into the New Testament. I saw how the Lord Jesus appeared to Paul and several other people at different times. And then I said, okay, now I know it's possible for that to happen, both in the Old and New Testament. Now, what did he say? He said, I've taken your burden. 
How do I judge that? I went to the scripture. And I went in the Old Testament and said, cast your burden upon the Lord. He shall sustain you. He shall not suffer the righteous to be moved. And then I went to the New Testament and said, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Now I can accept it. Yes, sir. That was real. That was really the Lord. That was really the Lord. And then the uh, the, the vision I had in, uh, on March the 22nd of 1998, where I'm standing on the platform in the church. Yes, sir. Jesus walks in, and it was two. They 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 were angels. I know they were angels, but they just looked like men in white. And Jesus walks in with them. One is in front of him. You can't see the doorway he came in because there's a wall there. And he walks in. This the first angel walked in, and then he's he walks in behind him, and then the second one. And Jesus is holding the Bible. It was a black Bible, holding it against his chest this way, and looking over the congregation, looking at this side, looking at that side, smiling, real big, and nodding his head, smiling and nodding his head. And I watched him. And he came to the aisle. It only it only had one aisle, and he came down the aisle. And I watched, he's just coming down the aisle doing the same thing, looking both sides, smiling and, 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 you know, nodding. He got a few feet from the steps to come up and broke out into a spin, just went one spin around and just spent around. His, his robe fled. And while he went in a complete, he did a 360 and stood up straight and came up into the pulpit. Now the pulpit we, was like behind me, you know, the uh, lectern was behind me and to my right. And I didn't, I didn't even turn to look. I don't know why. And he uh, walked up, after he did that little spin, he walked up and opened that Bible and started preaching about the power of his name. When I did turn around, he turned into another person and disappeared. So I had to, I had to judge that. So I went into the Word of God, and I went into the Scripture, and I found the Scripture where it talks about, "I will rejoice over you." Where God says He will rejoice over you. That's what that whole that little spin was. Him rejoicing. And I knew because he was holding the word that that was about why he was rejoicing about over what the word will do for us and in our lives. I think I was thinking about it again recently and I said, boy, Lord, that was a powerful, powerful thing. I mean, that was not just some little small thing to me now. When I think about it, woo, when I think about it, that was such a powerful thing. But it was a revelation in it. God don't just give you something. I had a couple of guys in my church one time, Lord Jesus, they said he was appearing to them. I mean, one of, the, one of them said he appeared to them 22 times and this, that, and the other. And then, then you look and you say, okay, now Jesus appeared to you. What do you say? Right. They don't have, they, don't, they can't tell you nothing. <laughs> they can't tell you nothing about that. 
Then you look and these guys are going off. They went off the rails. I mean, way, mm -hmm. off. way, way, way off. They ain't out in left field. They out the park. They <laughs> just as crazy, the craziest stuff you ever heard of in your life. And they, they mean it. They believe it. It's just as wrong as two left feet as my grandmama used to say. The wrong as two left feet. But it's, it's wrong. But here they're sincere. Well, what's the problem? They won't judge it by the word. Yes, sir. They won't judge it by the word. And if you won't judge it by the word, then you're going to be deceived. And we have to understand Satan is a great deceiver. Yes, sir. As his, that's what he does. That's what he does. He deceives. Jesus said that he is a liar and the father of it. The whole world is under his influence and under his deception. The, 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 the whole world of unsaved people. The Bible says, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them that believe not. But the sad thing is, he's also blinding believers because they don't know the word of God. So they go by things they see and things they feel, and they get somebody, two or three people to agree with them. Oh, sign it, yes, sir. And they, they, think, they think it's God. That's my confirmation. Pastor, that's probably for me as a, you know, eight years is not a long, but it's, it's long enough to, to say that's probably been one of my biggest frustrations, and I'll say that publicly is that so many people are guided simply by how they feel and they don't want what they're feeling. They don't want what they're seeing or what they believe they're hearing to be checked or challenged. Exactly. And I, and I used to tell the people in, in my, the ministers and everything in my church, listen, if you don't want your revelation or your prophecy and all to be judged, keep it to yourself. Yes, sir. Keep it to yourself, because I'm yes. going to judge it. I'm going to sit there and judge it, because that's what the Bible tells me I'm supposed to do. You're going to get up and say, yay, thus saith the Lord. Now, I had somebody come that's to me and tell me, I need to be released, because the Lord is telling me to go. And um, said the Lord told me it's time for me to go forth in my ministry, and I, I need to be released. And so I said, okay, I release you. I said, you're all right, you release. So the next day, I mean, or later when I got home, the Lord spoke to me. He said, by what authority did you release them? Did you plant them? I said, no. <laughs> then, then by what authority did you release them? I said, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. I said, I got to get back in touch with them. I got, I sent them, I said, I cannot release you. I know I said I release you. I do not release you. I can't stop you from going or doing what you want to do, but I can't release you. I don't have the authority to release you. I didn't call you here. I didn't plant you here, so I can't release you. I can't release you. Now, we had another brother. We just letting the church know, well, we're just releasing them in the sense that they're saying we're going the Lord is telling us this, this. 
Now, I can't, you can't pastor people that don't want you to be their pastor. But you're no longer accountable for people who choose not to submit. They will find how, you know, it's pre, uh, pastoring from the pews is easy. Oh, it's easy to run a ministry from the pews. You got these ministry experts sitting in the pews. They know exactly what you're supposed to do. No, don't have yeah. to jump. As soon as they get out there, they see how tough it is. This, is. this ain't no joke. This ain't something you just jump up and do. You better be called and you better be sent. I didn't just jump up one day because I had a dream. That's right. Not only that, hands were laid upon me. I got ordained. I got licensed first. I got a hand laid upon me, ordained, hand laid upon me, and sent out to go do a work. Yes, sir. It wasn't not, not, not based on some nonsense. Pastor, I didn't, I didn't, one I thing didn't. you said tonight that I wanted to kind of, and I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but go I got to insert this point in because it blessed me how you were talking about if the Lord has given someone a word. Um, I can remember being a young minister at my home church and there was a time, there was a word that I had. And I first thing I learned this lesson the hard way and it was for the church that I was in and I gave it to my pastor to weigh it before I, before I could release it. Uh -huh. And there was another time I released a word and it was the right word, but it was the right word at the wrong time. Yes, yes, yes. That's good. That's good. And so what my pastor did, he, corrected me, but it was some months before I got the opportunity to minister again. My man, and my kind of pastor. Yes, sir. And and learning that, it, it helps because, yeah, yeah, we know God speaks to you. Yes, the Lord has revealed some things, but listen, I am accountable for the soul. Absolutely. That's right. And I have to weigh what you've said or what you believe you're hearing. That's right. Yes, sir. Because if one thing I've experienced, if these things happen, especially in the church, it will tear a church up and it leaves the pastor there to have to pray and build that thing back together again. This is also true. This is why, and I and I've always taught this, the pastor is going to be held accountable before God for whatever is preached in your pulpit, even if you don't preach it. That's it. If somebody comes up, now I had a brother, I invited him and I took him down to our church in Buford. And he, um, I took him down there to, to, to Buford. And he was, I, I enjoyed the brother. And he preached something. And he's talking about uh, Paul. And he made a statement that Paul, that the disciples made a mistake when they, you know, chose Matthias to take Judas's place. And that should have been for Paul. And um, when he said that, after the service was over, he and I, we were riding back. And I said, brother, let me show you something in the scripture. I said, this is what you said, that Paul, that place was 
reserved for Paul that the, the disciples missed it. He said, yes. I, I said, that's not true. I said, Paul didn't qualify because it had to be somebody who went in and out from the beginning of, from the time of Jesus' baptism to the end of his life, being a witness. These, these guys had to be, it had to be somebody like that. And Paul wasn't even there then. Paul wasn't even saved yet. So it couldn't be for him. He doesn't qualify. Now, I like this guy. He said, you know what, brother? He said, I have never seen that before. He said, I want to thank you for that. I'll never preach that again. I appreciated that. Yes, sir. Then I went, you know, and in my church, if you come and you say something, I'll talk to you. But I also have to correct it in, in the church. That's it. Some things are, you know, I'm not being, you know, malicious or anything or dogging the man out of anything. Saying, now, here's what they here's what we heard. But let me show you what the scripture says about this. Now, a brother came to our church. He's a friend of mine. He's a friend. And he asked, he wanted to, you know, he asked ahead of time, he said, if the Lord leads me, can I receive an offering? He wasn't receiving it for himself. I said, if the Lord leads me, yes. But when he started to receive the, the way he did it, he did some things that was not good. He had people stand up to give. He said, now, if you have a loved one that you want saved, I want you to stand up in this and give a gift and uh, for them, you know, by favor. And when you put it in my hand and call their name out and say, so-and-so is saved. Now, I did speak to the brother about it, but I told the church and him, that's completely unscriptural. There's no way you can give money to somebody as an act of faith. And God is gonna that's gonna bring one of your loved ones in the into the kingdom. That's not gonna do it. That's unscriptural. And we we can't do that. Now I didn't do that to put him down. Like I said, it's a friend. And we've talked about it. But you know, that's a friend. I'm not trying to hurt him, but I got to let my people know this is not something that it, that we do because it's not right. And I think that that is, that is good because you're gonna be held accountable. And people need to know your heart and know you well enough to know that you're not trying to be malicious and hurt people. You're trying to bring correction because you need to bring correction. This is what we teach. Can you imagine somebody come to my church teaching against healing. I had one pastor, bless his heart. <laughs> he and I had had discussions about some things and he and I did not see it, see it the same way. And he knew that. And he was invited for my appreciation service. Some, um, and he got up and went, came right up and said something about <laughs> I said, Lord, have mercy. 
And and I was singing that song as I was listening to it. You, you remember that old song? I won't be back, I won't be back, I won't be back no more. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I, I was singing that song, but I wasn't I won't be back. I was, he, he won't be back. <laughs> yes, sir. Are, are you kidding me? What you gonna do that for? If I came to your church and I know that you believe something different than me, I don't even approach that subject. That's it. I don't even deal with that at all. I don't deal with that at all. So you are, you are absolutely right. It's so important for you to do, to, to make sure things are straight. Uh, you have to do that. You have, it's, it's your responsibility. Remember what Jesus said to that church in Revelation? He said, I have something against you. That's it. Because you let that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, a prophet to teach and to seduce my servants and so on and so forth. But you let them teach. He told another church, you have them that have the doctrine of Balaam. Mm. You let them teach. Jesus is listening. He's watching what we're saying, what's being said. And I know sometimes we have difference, differences of opinions and things like that. None of us know everything. That's right. I know we have differences in opinion, but I'm, I mean, be respectful. I heard it taught this way, Pastor. There's, there, you know, with this, there's truth and then there's saving truth. Mm -hmm. and, and you have to decide and discern when it's time to approach it. Is it a truth worth getting involved in engaging with, or is it a saving truth that I need to correct? Amen. I like that. I like that. You know, Which and I want experience I have. I went yes, to church one time in another state. The pastor invited me. I stood up ministering and I ministered. When I finished, this woman stood up and gave some prophecy. Uh-oh. Yeah, you might be. I think she spoke in tongues, first spoke in tongues interpretation. It was nonsense. Anyway, but whatever <laughs> she said. <laughs> Went completely across everything I just finished preaching. Yes, sir. So I'm sitting there. I, I'm in your church. You, you the man. I, I, I submit to you. Yes, sir. I said, I said to the pastor who was sitting right next to me. I said, Now you know that ain't God, don't you? He said, Yeah, I know it. I said, Well, I'm gonna say something if I have your permission. That's right. He said, You can. I said, Good, thank you. I got up and I said, Now that that prophecy was not God. Ooh. That was not God. Now the Holy Ghost leads me to do, and the writer, and this message came completely against everything I was just preached. That was not God. Now this is a minister in the church. Now that minister got so upset. Yes, sir. Having to be a female, she stormed out the church. Pastor, I got to get in on, on this one. I got to Go get in this one with you. There has been uh, uh, maybe a handful of times where I've heard the Lord speak audibly to me. Mm -hmm. And I had an issue uh, that happened in our ministry. And I heard the Lord, and I was at the, at, the, at the lectern, and I audibly heard the Lord say, you've got to address it. And I didn't. Then he came back to me again. Two, and that third time, it, the glory hit me so 
that I had to address something right then. And after I did, the Spirit of the Lord let me know. He says, because if you had not addressed what had just happened in the ministry, it would have ushered in a spirit in that church. Yep. And so what I have learned over the years for people, and I say this with respect, and I know I'm not teaching you, but for people that don't pastor, they don't understand the severe consequences that come along like you've been teaching all night long. Yes. yes, yes. If we do not address the stuff. Right. And, you know, you, you got me kind of stirred up when you started talking about the money and the prophecies and all of this stuff, right, because right. I'm a believer in the word of knowledge. I'm a believer in the word of I'm, I'm a believer in all of these things. But so much of what I'm seeing now has gone so sideways. Yes. And people yeah. are so they're led by what they believe they're hearing, what they believe they're experiencing. And. And I said it earlier, they don't want it to be tested or challenged. Right. And, you, and what I have learned, you're a wonderful pastor until you tell them what they are hearing yes. is not God. Yes, yes, yes. So, so I'm a prophet. I'm an, I'm an apostle. I, you know, the Lord has used you. But the minute I have to point out scripturally with context, <laughs> what you're saying God said is error. Right, right. Then, now then I'm deceived. Yeah, and see, and the, the, that's it. We, that goes all the way back to what I said in the very beginning. The problem is not knowing the word. Yes, sir. And some of these quote unquote prophets, I'm not, I'm not saying some of them not prophets. Some of them have a call. I don't think everybody that that call themselves a prophet is one. Absolutely not. And um, and I'm not, and I'm not even saying some of them are not called, but they're not walking in that office. And some of them don't know what a prophet is. Just because you prophesy, don't make you a prophet. No. And then, uh, um, so and so, we got so much of this going on. One, one reason why people get to see because they run around looking for somebody to give them a word all the time. Oh God. Oh, you. Oh, man of God, you got a word for me. I got sixty-six books. That's it. You. Now go That's get it. it and read it and study. Stop looking for a word. That's where people get deceived and get run off. I saw this man, I saw my own eyes right here in town. I ran to a pastor downtown and he had a guest who was going to be preaching at his church that night. This yes, is years ago. And so he said, Apostle, come, come to my church. You know, so I had met that man years ago and I knew him. Um, and um, I didn't know him well, but I knew I knew who he was and all of that. We had met years ago, and he said, um, "I said, okay, call me on the spot now, anyway." <laughs> so I went on to his church. So I'm sitting. I'm not on the pulpit. I'm not in the congregation. There's a side, some side little section. So I'm facing the side of the pulpit, and he starts. Flowing in what's supposed to be the gifts of the spirit, and I remember he pointed, he called this woman out. He described what the woman, a pair of shoes she had at home in her closet, told her what was on and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, he wanted an offering, some kind of God wants you to give so and so. Help us, Pastor. Help us. And uh, then he did this. I watched 
I mean, the Bible said, watch as well as pray. <clears throat> and I watch. He um said, everybody with a checkbook stand up in the aisle. Everybody with a checkbook. Everybody have a checkbook. I didn't have a checkbook in that time. And I probably, be honest with you, I wouldn't have stood up anyway. Because <laughs> I know what's coming. Yes, sir. I know what's coming. And one thing a shepherd has to do is watch over his sheep. Yes, sir. Sheep. You got to protect your sheep. Yes, sir. Why ain't going to have just anybody come? Are you kidding me? I don't care how big your name is. You better say it. Not here. I don't care who you are. I don't care if everybody know your name around the globe. That don't mean anything to me. What do you What do you have that that can bless my people? That's what I want. If it can't bless them, somebody somebody so called prophets, they don't they don't they don't know the word. All they do is go to church, go to a church, and start calling people out and minister. They don't know no no word. No word, because some of them don't know the word. That's, that's the truth of the matter. Some of them don't know the word. And this man said, everybody get in line, got to check. And when they lined up, he went to each person and said, the Lord says for you to get, you know, whatever amount of money. And then he got to this one woman. He said, the Lord said for you to give $200. She said, sir, this guy called himself apostles and apostles. I I I don't even have that much money in the bank. I don't even I don't have that. She had a low low number. She had, I got maybe thirty or forty dollars, something like that in the bank. But the law told him to tell her to write a check for two hundred. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> the law didn't know that the woman didn't have no money in the bank. See, that wasn't God. That was the that that's that wasn't God. That's not the spirit of God. It's not the spirit of God. And people get taken because they want to go, they want to, they want to hear something. They want to get a word. And and sometimes the enemy will take advantage of it. Now I know there are some true men of God and women of God out there. Doing good, but I'm not. That ain't our subject right now. We're talking about deception. We're talking about deception, and and there's a lot of things that happen, and people are deceived. People are deceived. Now, let me tell you about those those people. Now, the people I'm talking talking about when I was I wasn't speaking specifically about anybody when I was using a scenario, but. You know, now you have somebody and they they get they become friends with other people in the church and they get you know they get they start to get influence over them, talking to them all the time and this and the other. Then when they leave, these people stay close to them, stay friends with them. But if this person is deceived and you follow them, you deceive you deceive too. Help us. And you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna pay the price sooner or later. You don't let somebody else pull you out of the plan and will of God. That's a, that's a demon. 
that is a demon. That's that's Satan. Or one of his demons trying to see he comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And well-meaning people who love God get messed up because they don't know the word and they refuse to judge what they're receiving by the word. And I think your pastor is a safe God. If God you don't get out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> your pastor is a safe God. Yes, sir. That was my I thought. You, a pastor, you got a safe God. And thank God I have some, I have some people who are more than just members. They're like sons and daughters. Yes, sir. And and if they came to me with something, and they'll ask, and what do, what do you see? What do you get? You get a witness? I, I don't get no. no. I, I had, years ago when I was in North Carolina, a woman brought this man to me. Come out. She goes, man, marry him. This guy was a, a drunk. <laughs> That man was saying that man was so far from a peaceful shore, couldn't see the shore. Mm. We'll be saved and all that. <clears throat> he was drunk and all that. And they came to me talking about they want to be married. I said, listen, I don't believe this is God, and I'm not doing it. I can't stop you from getting married, but I'm not gonna do it. I'm not doing it. So they went to some other church. Talked to some, there's a, there was a woman pastor. Mm -hmm. And talked to her, and she, and, and she said, he can't tell you who to marry. That's all they needed. <laughs> I didn't tell you who to marry. I just told you I wasn't going to marry you. I'm not doing it. No, no. Well, she did. They did it. How long? That thing didn't last no time. No time at all. No time at all. No time. I don't mean... A year, I mean, no time. Pastor, you know what I've, um, and I'm going to get rid of because I'm enjoying myself. I'm sitting here just eating it up like a baby, and I didn't realize how much time has gone by. But and, um, <laughs> and it's good. It's good. It's good because I got to tell you, more people are coming into the room right now watching. So okay. we praise God. So yes, sir, I'm going with the Spirit of God. But I teach it this way, and I've taught it this way before. I believe God gives his pastors the diet that his sheep need. Absolutely. And I, and I say, I know you're going to oftentimes view, especially with social media, you're going to watch and participate. But I, I what I've learned is I, I tell them this way. I know when you've eaten from the wrong table too often. And I know when you've gotten an awkward word because yeah. I'm the one that God has given. A, not that I'm God. I'm not. Oh, yeah. but he's no. just giving me the, di the diet plan that yes, you need. Sir. Yes, sir. I'll go even further than that. God yes, put in you the necessary thing for those he had placed under you to bring them to the place that they need to be brought to. They can't mature without you. See, God, he gave some apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting. That means bringing the saints to spiritual maturity. Oof. For the perfecting of the saints. Yes, sir. They're not going to be perfected because they go and read their Bible and that's it and pray and get on the internet 
And here's another thing. If you eat, if you eat from too many different places, you know, if I say where people, it's Thanksgiving, they go into every house, all the houses, they in my house. Aunt Jay, Uncle Fred, you know, cutting this one and that, every house. And at the end of the day, they're feeling sick because they ate from so many different places. Yes, sir. You got to be careful. And I, and you you had a very good point because, they, because of social media and all that. We are now living in the time that men can do what the Bible said, heap teachers to themselves. That's it. Heap. You can turn on television. You can get on the internet and hear whatever you want to hear. You don't like what this one is saying? You can turn and tune into somebody else. But your pastor is the main voice. I'm gonna tell you something else. Yes, sir. I, I know. I know we gotta go. I'm gonna tell you this. You're fine. Listen, and I I'm saying this for benefit of your people, my people, and every other people. How <laughs> in the world you got tapes and CDs and all kind of stuff from everybody else and don't have your pastors. You got a library full of stuff from every other ministry in America. But not your... And yet you don't have anything in your, your pastor. You can keep quote what this preacher said and that preacher said. What, what did your pastor say? It just shows you that, that you're disconnected. You are disconnected. Thank God you can repent and give it your man of God like you're supposed to. Yes, sir. You can repent, thank God, but you're disconnected. God put in you the necessary tools to oh. feed those people. Not only yes, the necessary diet and the necessary tools. You are watching. You are watching. They need to trust you. They need to believe me. If they knew the word, they would. They would. Because you're watching. You're the watchman on the wall. Why am I going? Because I don't like what you told me. So I'm going to somebody else to get their opinion. Oh. What do you think? It doesn't matter what they think. Are they your parents? Are they called to watch over you? Just what somebody else thinks. And then you get all these different opinions and they'll keep going until they find somebody that agree with them. Till they get what they want to hear. Get yes, what sir. they want to hear. Then they call it God. And see, I know because I got the Bible saying the Matthew 2 3. They be misquoting scripture. Bible said two, the Matthew 2 3 witnesses. And I, I got three different people that told me the same thing. I know it's God. <laughs> I, you know, Pastor, when we, we're dealing with deception. There's a couple things I want to add into that with you. Okay. If, you are going, and I and I would say this to people when I teach, if you're going and you're in a service other than your own and it's prophet so-and-so, if they are actually hearing from God, 99.9% .9 of the time when they give you a word of wisdom or knowledge, it is confirming what your man of God has already been teaching Sunday yes. after Sunday. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, absolutely. Why would God 
I'm sorry, Dad. Uh, why would he send them? I'm about to call you Dad. Why would he send you know send you to someone to cover and watch over your soul, and then you go somewhere else and release an opposing word? Right. Right. Now you really that's a rejection of God's gift mm. of the Lord Jesus' gift, and He gave. He said. Take heed to yourselves and to the flock over the which the Holy Ghost made you the overseer. The Holy Ghost made you the overseer. You didn't make yourself the overseer. <laughs> now people, people may not like it. Well, he's not this and he's not that. Well, whatever. I'm still chosen. That's it. Take it up with the Lord. Why Take did it up. Me? I didn't ask him to choose me. I didn't yeah. ask him to send me. I didn't ask for it. I asked my mother, how old do you remember me being? When I first started telling you I'm going to be a preacher, I always knew all my life. She said, well, I'm four years old. Mm. I said, that's because I couldn't articulate it at three. <laughs> but I always, I don't even know what it feels like not to know what I'm called to. I don't even know what that's like. Yes, sir. I always knew all of my life, even when I wasn't saved, from a child, I knew. And when I got, when I knew, when I wasn't saved, I knew I, I need to get saved. I knew exactly what I'm going to have to do when I get saved. Yes, sir. So, I, you know, this is not, I didn't choose it. And I didn't choose whoever God planted. I didn't choose that. Nope. God put it in your heart to be a part of this. And see, let me say one last thing. Yes, sir. Because I'm tired of this. Here's another lying deception. Woo. Yes, sir. People come. The Lord sent me here. Oh, God. You know, I had this happen and that happened. And the Lord, I know it's God. I know it's God. I know it's God. And then later, the Lord told me my season was up. Um, the Lord told me either God didn't send you in the first place or he's not telling you to leave now. It's not both. Now, when you came, you didn't say nothing about no season. And if anybody, when people come to my church, I mean, church of the Lord have me to pastor and, and be coming in the church and they say, I'm going to be here as long as, until the Lord say otherwise or whatever. All right. You know, that's trouble, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know I wish, I, wish I had my device going. Yes, sir. You can't count on them for anything. But they ain't going to be there. I promise you. There's going to come a time where, quote, unquote, the Lord, He's going to tell them it's time to move. It's time to do it. And some of these folk wouldn't know the Lord if they bumped into him in the middle of the street. They wouldn't know it. They wouldn't recognize it. But yes, the Lord, and people are playing with their lives. They don't know it. Now, I can do what I want to do, but I can't just do what I want to do and stay in his will. That's right. Either God has a plan for you or he doesn't. He has a will for you or he doesn't. 
some guy came to me, used to come to the church and came to me sticking his chest out. Like he's trying to challenge about where God, where, you know, God putting you in a, in a church or not putting you in your way. I mean, I go to church. I mean, if I, if I can go, if I go, I don't see where God is. So let me ask you a question. Does God have a plan for your life or not? And if he does, you're sure. Well, then if he does, that, would, that, would that plan include where you go to church? <laughs> I love it. You know, I know sometimes I use the word stupid a lot, but there is stupid. And then there is what my father used to say. Yes, sir. Of stupidity. I mean, don't get uppity. I didn't make the rule. I didn't write it. It's what the Lord said. If he didn't send you here, go elsewhere. And and amen. But but this is it. And this is it. You ain't got you can't vote me out. That's you ain't right. vote me in. This is it. I'm appointed, anointed, and sent by God. The only thing people can do is get bothered and leave. Yes, sir. And those people that was eating you up, they act like they love you so much that all oh, they wish they love you so much they can eat you. <laughs> then, then when they get mad, they wish they had to eat you. Yes. Because they wouldn't have you to deal with anymore. That's a fact. That's a fact. And pastors don't have to be perfect people. Help us. We Help pastors. us. We all have flaws. Every one of us. Even these holier than vows out there. They got flaws. If God was going to pick somebody without flaws to be pastors or any other thing, You'd have to come down here yourself and do it. <laughs> That's a fact. Are That's you kidding fact. me? That's God didn't choose you on the basis of that. He knows everything about you. He knows your future better than you know your present. And yet he chose you. Yet yeah. he called you. What an honor it is for us to be pastors. What an honor it is for us to stand before God's people and speak his word to to do something see the the purpose of preaching and teaching is to establish beliefs and when you establish beliefs then people learn to live by their beliefs you can establish character mm. i want people to be led by them when i stand before jesus i want to hear well done I don't want to hear, as one of my friends said, well, you're done. <laughs> well, well, we're done. <laughs> oh, I don't want that. Some folk don't know. It's not going to just be weeping. It's going to be wailing at the judgment seat of Christ when people find out what they lost. And when people leave their place, Remember Jesus said, told, told them to 
let, not to let somebody take their crown. If God plant people in your church and they get bothered and upset or whatever the case is and, and move out or leave and God has to raise up somebody else to do what they were supposed to do, they get their crown. We have, we have musicians and other things. And they get upset. They smoke musician. They doing praise and work, and they get bothered. Oh, well, let me just go have. Let me just go start a church. <laughs> I heard Phil Driscoll talk about that the other day. It's so amazing that that happens. He said, "I know a hundred of them like that. They're thinking they're being promoted. They're promoting themselves. Be careful because you're going to have to give an account." I know we went kind of this way and that way, but it's all That's, God. I we t when we were in the green room, I said, "What's so?" For those of you that are out there, that say Pastor Kelvin was quiet. I didn't have much to say. Amen. <laughs> we talked in the green room, and what needed to be shared, Pastor. A lot of the times when I was getting ready to speak, you would go ahead and say every time you would go ahead and say a lot of the things I was thinking, or as I was just so you can see, I was writing notes as you were talking. Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. So this was a blessing tonight, and I pray, and I, I don't have to pray. I know the people that are online because the numbers keep moving up, are enjoying and receiving well what it is that you are pouring out today. I know you blessed me. Praise God. I know you blessed me. People, pray for your pastor. Yes, sir. Spend time praying for your pastor. Stop criticizing. Stop fault finding. Pray. Pray. You know, I was complaining one time about the president years ago. And I was I was upset about something. And I was just complaining about it. And the Lord asked me a question. Well, have you prayed for him? Mm. Well, that shut me up right there. Yes, sir. And I said, I said, that's the last time I'm gonna do that. We have had a couple of other presidents since then. I don't like everything, but I won't complain. That's right. I won't. I won't. I won't put my mouth on them in a negative way. Pray for them. Pray for them. They need. They need. They need prayer. Leaders of the world need prayer. We need prayer. He said, "I, I exalt first of all that prayers, intercessions, supplications." Given the faith we made for all men, then he said, for kings and for all that in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. That's right. It's going to benefit us to pray for the leaders. Benefit us. It doesn't benefit you to complain. All you got to do is look at Israel and look at what happened every time they complained. Complaining doesn't bring a blessing it brings a curse complaining brings a curse pray down the blessing thank you pastor Amen. i was gonna, i was going to have you pray us out tonight anyway if that's okay yes, uh, i'll go ahead and thank you all that are on with us tonight 
I don't have to ask. I know you enjoyed it this evening. Anytime. This is our third time together. And every time, every time we've gotten together, it's been a blessing. I got to tell you, I'm excited because tonight I made it through without crying. So I, <laughs> Congratulations. I, I can't say for the next time I won't. God, we thank God for your wisdom. We thank God for the knowledge and insight that he's given you to share with us tonight. And as we dealt with deception, I hope that you all will go back and watch this and watch it again and get all of the meat because, Pastor, you dropped so many bombs tonight. Praise God. So many things that just resonate with, I'm certain, with if there are any pastors on here tonight. Amen. It just ran around the, their homes. They got out of the cars and ran up and down the street because there are just so many things. And then oftentimes people just don't know. They right. just don't know. That's and true. that's the thing about deception. When you're in deception, you don't understand you're in deception. Somebody has exactly. to point it out. Exactly. Somebody has that's to point it out. Deceived. You believe in something to be true. That's not. Amen. And so for all of you that are on tonight, thank you to Full Gospel Word and Worship Center. God bless you guys for being on tonight in droves tonight, sharing, giving feedback. Thank you for that. To my King's Worship Center family, thank you for being on tonight. Lady Nicole, thank you for being on tonight. For those of you that have not subscribed to the podcast, information is going to be on the bottom of your screen there for you. You can find the audio on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor FM, or Spotify. Thank you for joining us tonight. Pastor. Yes, sir. I appreciate you so much for pouring out, for pouring out. I got to tell you what I enjoy most about your teaching is when you pull up those dates. <laughs> yeah. When you pull up those dates. So yeah. anyway, what I'm going to do, I'm going to put a little worship in the background. And if you would take how, you know, take a few moments and go ahead and whatever the Lord lays on your heart, you can speak to the people and then pray us out. And then we'll go to the green room immediately after pastor. Okay. Father, thank you for this time. And for all that have been said by the direction of the Holy Ghost. There are people, well-meaning people that love you, who are just untrained, untaught. And they want your will. They want to do your will. They want to follow you. Thank you for this word today. Thank you for open hearts to receive that word. I pray the Holy Ghost will minister to all those who have heard today and continually minister to them, especially those hungry for truth, for the word of God, hungry for the things of God. And Lord, I thank you for those who desire to be led by your spirit. And as they learn, as they study the scriptures, they will learn and grow and be fed. And may they all be faithful to the place, the house, the church that you planted them in. And then, of course, if they are, your blessing will be upon them greatly. And they will learn and they will grow and they will become what you intended in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you, everybody. Thank you for joining us. 
We will have the replay out for you real soon. We thank God for you, Pastor Holmes, and everybody that's on tonight. And as always, until we speak, peace abide. Amen. God bless you.